Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little NFL postseason primer. What we believe are the five biggest storylines heading into this NFL postseason across the board. Quite a bit of legacy play going on here. What's interesting is the four highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL this season did not make the postseason. But I don't think we really thought any of them had a chance to win a Super Bowl. Maybe one, maybe two at the beginning of the year could could get there. But your heavy hitters are there, so we're going to look at what this postseason will unveil. These five storylines playing out. Also, a little Jaden Rashada reveal as the University of Florida finds itself front and center of the athletic program with an NIL, did he, didn't he, did they, didn't they, when it comes to pay, what did they want? Two different scenarios here. And again, I lay this at the athletic directors and the president's feet. People blaming the NCAA on this. Like The NCAA deserves a lot of criticism, a lot of blame for quite a bit. This isn't one of them. This is university president's fault. This is athletic director's fault. No one else. No one else. So we're going to dive into that as well. Also, a West Coast waltz. As we've hit the halfway point of the college basketball season. It's hard to believe, right? College basketball starts when? Second week of November. We're in the second week of January. Second week of March is the NCAA tournament. So we're, we're about halfway through. Halfway through. So a little West Coast waltz when it comes to college basketball. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar. Podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports YouTube channel, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Click, follow, share, like, subscribe, all of it. All of it. Okay. Start off with this first. Uh, NFL postseason primer. And again, prediction-wise, at the beginning of the year, I like the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I thought the Bills would beat the Packers. Whiffed on that one. Whiffed on that one. I had the Bills over the Chargers. I don't think we're going to get quite there. And in the NFC, I had the... Uh, I did. I, I had the Packers over the Bucks. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I'll tell you who I think is going to win it coming up. But to me, I want to look at the five storylines that I am following, that we're following, that I think are the biggest boxes to check when it comes to this NFL, NFL postseason. And the one that I have, and again counting down to when I think that that's the biggest. The number five thing I have on my list is the Allen angle. This year was supposed to be Josh Allen's next step, right? Got to the AFC championship game. I'll play Patrick Mahomes. Just left a little bit too much time on the clock, the back and forth, winning the coin toss changed everything. And, you know, last year or two years ago, AFC championship game gets skull drugged by the Chiefs. Last year, goes go into Kansas City, have not beat, unable to win. So this year was supposed to be the oh, whew, swan song. This team loses to the Chiefs for a third straight year. Ooh. Mm. Now they lose to the Bengals and Joe Burrow. It's almost one of those crazy things where if they lose in the divisional round to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, you're like, oh, okay. Okay. But then the debate begins. Is it Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? That's the mano a mano for Patrick Mahomes over the course of the next half decade. But to me, Josh Allen's angle, what? look, they win. And they beat the Bengals, and then they go to Kansas City and win? Okay, over the hump in the Super Bowl. But the Allen Angle is number five on my list. The fourth thing on my list is Cousins' call. And, you know, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, if they don't go to the Super Bowl this year, they're going to get there in the next three or four years. They just are. 
thing that's interesting is what do the Vikings do with the third seed if Kirk Cousins and company get beat right out of the gate? So we talk about Cousins in prime time, even though this game's not going to be in prime time. And for a team that went, what, 13 and four? It's a team that everybody kind of looks around with. Team won double-digit games with ease. Team had double-digit wins by De- in December. And it's, it's one of those teams that everybody kind of looks around and looks at and goes, eh. eh. Nobody's getting, you know, when it comes to who's going to come to the, out of the NFC in the Super Bowl, what do team people say? Well, it's going to be the, the Eagles. It's going to be the Niners. Oh, okay. Those are fine. And then you get, well, the Cowboys, the Bucks, The Vikings fifth is the three seed, the fifth most likely team to get out of there. So, but Kirk Cousins, is this Kirk Cousins calling? Is this the year? You know, they paid him $100 million, over $100 million in Minnesota. Win a couple playoff games. If he gets to the NFC Championship game, is that enough to get people on his back? Cousins calling, number four on my list. Um, I, I've got Joe Burrow's brush at number three. Is Last year, I mean, to go on the road and do what they did in the postseason was remarkable. It was. To, to win on the road and... Nashville than to go on the road and win in Kansas City and have the lead in the Super Bowl until the final few minutes. I mean, what he did last year was amazing. The way that they closed, I thought they look, they looked to be the better team against Buffalo a couple weeks ago, but you know, the DeMar Hamlin thing throws a, a wrench in things. And if the Bengals would have won that and the Chiefs would have lost, you'd kind of be talking about the Bengals as the top seed. It's not. So look, this team has shown that it doesn't matter. And I think of all the teams, this is the team that needs home field the least of those three in the AFC because of Joe Burrow. So, look, if he climbs the mountaintop, right, and they, they drill the Ravens or beat the Ravens, and then they go beat Buffalo and, and then Kansas City, think about what this means for Burrow here. It's kind of like a game of horse. Do it. Okay, you make the shot. Prove it. That's where we are with Joe Burrow. Prove it. So, Burrow's brush at number three on my list. Um, number two, Dak's track. Dak Prescott. Look, they're on the road. I get it, but this is a Cowboys team that we've seen lose at home with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. This is a Cowboys team that we've seen lose on the road in the postseason with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. You know, when it comes to achieving for the Cowboys, do they underachieve or overachieve in the postseason? And, I, you know, of course, I remember growing up, Cowboys were a juggernaut. Not so much. Not so much. It's been, what, almost 30 years since they went to a conference championship game? 28 years? So what's next for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, this is a Buccaneers team that has a losing record that in the worst division in football, the Cowboys were red hot at the end of the year until the last week of the season where they just completely imploded. And now you've got yourself set on Tom Brady and everybody saying, here it is, here it comes, Dallas. So Dak, you know, here's where you put a team on your back. You go on the road and win in the postseason. Joe Burrow has gone on the road and win in the postseason. Josh Allen has gone on the road and won in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have basically had home field, so I don't know if you go on the home, go on the road and win in the postseason. But he's two-time MVP or about to be two-time MVP. Look at the different quarterbacks across the board. I, we don't know what we're going to get out of Jalen Hurts. We know what we're going to get out of Tom Brady. The NFC is kind of an anomaly at the top. Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins. What? Dak Prescott, you look around, Dak Prescott's been the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for what now? Six years? Seven years? Who in the NFC has got a longer run with their team than he does with his? See where I'm going? Seriously. Not Daniel Jones, not, not Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott has been the starting quarterback with his team in the NFC longer than anybody else. Even Brady's only been in Tampa for three years. So what do you got? What do you got? Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's see maybe the most vet, well, not maybe, the most veteran quarterback with his team in the NFC. What does he do? Dak's track. 
number two. And to me, the biggest one, and again, it's just because of where he is and where he is at the end of his career, it's Brady's bag. What what else is going to be in that bag? Do we write another chapter? Do you beat the Cowboys? Does he get knocked out? Is his time done in Tampa? Does it create another vacuum? Does he go to the Raiders? Does he go to the Niners? Does he, to, to me, you know, I, I think if the Bucks would win the Super Bowl, Brady would be done. I do. But this dude's built differently than anybody that you have ever met or anybody that we have ever watched. He is just built differently. You know, this isn't a guy hanging on that can't do it anymore. He obviously can still do it. He needs to retire. Why? Why does Tom Brady need to retire? He made the playoffs again. It's remarkable. What's funny is the year they won the Super Bowl, they didn't even win the division. And now we talk about how the records all get wiped clean because they do. Look at the Bengals last year. What was the Bengals' regular season record? You know, nobody cares. Nobody remembers. You know, they went to the Super Bowl, though. So, Brady's bag, what's in it? So, those are the five things that I'm watching for. Again, Josh Allen's angle, you know, Cousins calling. Is this Kirk Cousins? The, over the top. Bro's brush. Does he paint another masterpiece? That that the potential for the second week of the postseason. I I don't know the the Bengals at Buffalo. Oh my gosh, what we could get there? Divisional round games. That that's an all timer, isn't it? What we could see, especially what happened just a couple weeks ago. I know, exciting stuff. Um, uh, again, Dax track and Brady's back. Look, I you know the Jaguars the. The Chargers, all those are great stories, but those aren't storylines for the postseason. If the Jags get beat or the Chargers get beat right away, okay, okay. Oh, Trevor Lawrence is no much more pressure on Kirk Cousins than either quarterback in that game. The Giants, house money, I guess. I'd, other the Dolphins, backup quarterback. I don't expect a lot out of them. If the Niners do things, okay, it could send if the Niners get dumped in the second round or don't make it to the Super Bowl. Does that change the course? Yeah, Brady may end up there, but it still happens, depends on what happens with Brady down in Tampa. So that's my NFL postseason primer. The five things that I'm paying the most attention to as was it super wildcard weekend is underway. All right. From that to this, Jaden Rashad of the Florida Gators NIL. <sighs> to me, everybody talks about how this is ruining college sports, it's not ruining anything. I mean, we just had one of the better college football playoffs we've ever had. Championship games, a blowout. Isn't it funny? People always focus about the wrong things like NIL's ruining, ruining college football. And just two weeks ago, I heard nothing about how it was, oh my gosh, the college football playoff, the final four were fantastic. Oh, so college football playoff's not ruined? Or college football's ruined? We talked about bowl games and how good the bowl games were. Now, some of them were blowouts, but when you have 40, you're going to have blowouts. Championship game was the biggest blowout in all of college football's postseason. Now, instead of focusing on what everybody should be focusing on is reducing the number of scholarships to create an even playing field, but you don't want that, right? You'd rather point and gripe and complain is the NIL's NCAA's fault. Anybody that says the NIL's the NCAA's fault is just a complete and total fool. They're foolish. They don't get it. The NCAA, the governing body, all that's happened is university presidents have complained and griped, and I mentioned this, the NCAA dropped the hammer on USC. Everybody in the SEC and Big Ten is okay with that. Yeah, sure. But the minute the NCAA went to drop the hammer on other programs, oh my gosh, it's an overreach. How dare they do what they did to Penn State? Now, did they boggle some and, and just completely botch investigations? Yes. Miami, North Carolina, they made mistakes. You bet they did. You bet they did. They hammered Old Miss about five years ago, four or five years ago, and to me, it was completely accurate. But what happened? Well, University presidents and athletic directors wanted to keep, they want to keep these guys amateurs. Here's the biggest farce that you can see, and it ties into the Jaden Rashad thing. Think about this. NCAA, governing body, managing all of this. If university presidents and athletic directors and conferences 
cared about the players? Wouldn't they have made them employees and paid them by now? Wouldn't they have? It's only the NCAA doesn't know what they're doing with NIL. Well, then you make them employees and get rid of it. Well, well, what? Fix it. No, what happened was the NCAA loses this. The NCAA tried to keep their stranglehold. or The NCAA trying to remain relevant. That is fair. With the student athletes. And then the Supreme Court comes in and says, hey, man, they deserve to make their own money. Okay. And the NCAA basically took a step back and said, all right, we're, we're out of this. We're out of this. And university presidents and ADs, not caring about the greater good, just caring about themselves. All, all these universities are in an echo chamber. All they do is hear each other. Well, we do not want to be involved with any sort of revenue sharing deal. And we, we got more money than everybody else. And what the NIL showed you is all these schools think they have money and they actually don't have as much as the guy next door. Florida finding out they do not have Texas oil money to compete with that. They don't. You just don't compete. You can't. Finding out that one big booster can shell out a check and you think you've got big boosters, but $100,000 boosters, nothing compared to multi-million dollar boosters. When you've got boosters that run their own oil companies and they make hundreds of millions of dollars a year and you've got prominent figures in your city, they can't compete with them. Not oil money, not tech money, not apparel money. You can't compete with that. So what's happened now? Now you have an arms race. NCAA, it's like, oh, the NCAA needs to get control of this. Wait a second. NCAA lost this, took a step back. Athletic directors, you, you don't want a czar of college football. We're talking about a commissioner of college football. We don't want that. They may not have what's in the best interest of our school. Okay, well, now you've got a mess, and now you want the NCAA to save it? I, if I'm the NCAA, I'm sitting back and laughing. I know a new president's coming in. Now the NCAA is, is kind of coming and chipped away at things this week. What did they announce? That... You can enter the portal and transfer immediately, but if you enter the portal for a second time, unless it's what detrimental to your health to stay there or you can prove extenuating circumstances why you need to leave, you need to sit out a year. Okay, that's a step in the right direction. It is a step in the right direction. This Jaden Rashad at Florida thing, here's what happens. It's funny. It's like, what's going on here? The thing about the National Football League, things are collective bargained, bargained, right? In Money deals are made public. Collegiately, they're not made public. These deals aren't made public. So you don't know what Florida offered them. If Florida and Jaden Rashad, I don't know what they agreed to, but if Florida and Jaden Rashad agreed to a $2 million NIL deal and Florida has the money and he's refusing to come, then there you go. If they agreed to a $2 million deal and he's here and Florida's not paying him, there you go. In the NFL, if I agree to a four-year $60 million deal with you and you don't show up, it's your fault. If I agree to a four-year $60 million deal with you, and I don't pay you, then it's on me. Plain as day. This is where NIL things get tricky because all sorts of different things could have happened in this. Well, actually, one of two things happened. Either Florida didn't pony up the money or Jane Rashada wanted more. It's, it's, it's neither. It, it's that or that. It's A or B, black or white, north or south. It's one of those two. Jane Rashada agreed to a number and Florida didn't honor it. Or Jane Rashada agreed to a number and he didn't honor it. Somebody is dishonest or untrustworthy. One of the two. You believe who you want. It doesn't matter who, well, it does who did what, but here's where things out in the open. This is the dirtiness of NIL. And remember, university, that's why I'm not going to, you can't blame the NCAA on this is ridiculous. You can blame if you want, you're wrong. Athletic directors and university presidents could come out, you know, when you're negotiating conferences, when they're negotiating TV deals, spending the money, universities and colleges don't want transparency. They don't, they don't want it. They don't want you, they don't want you seeing what they're up to. See how much money they make? They're printing money. Cry poverty. Oh, Florida, we can't compete with it. Well, you can't compete with oil money. You're right. But you're not poor. 
So what do you do? Well, you got to decide what you want to do with the money. You got to get some boosters. You got to change some things up. What are you, what are you doing all that money? There's a simple solution. Uh, a simple solution. There's a solution to this. Okay. College athletes, when they sign at your school, become employees. Everybody's on a two-year deal. You want to eliminate the transfer portal to be the ugly mess that it is? Everybody's an employee. When there's an employee, you sign a contract. You get paid X amount. If you want to quit, fine. You don't go anywhere. This happens, right? My industry, it's called a non-compete clause. If you sign a contract and you leave early, you can't go to certain markets and be a host right away. You can't. Same thing here. Hey, you're under contract. Well, I don't want to be there anymore. Okay. Well, you're under contract. I quit. All right. I want to play right away somewhere. No, if you make them employees, this ends, but they don't want to make them employees because they don't want to pay them. This is, you know, chicken or the egg stuff. Well, I don't want you to do this, but you can't do this. I want you to do this, but I can't do this. University presidents and athletic directors. This is your fault. The Jane Rajada stuff is your fault. Make things public. Make things transparent. All NIL deals, all NIL deals will be transparent. Oh, by the way, I mean, it'll never happen. Now, I like what the NCAA did with the portal thing, but to me, if you want to take it a step farther, you want to end the verbal commits, decommitting, verbal committing, decommitting. Once you verbally commit somewhere, once you verbally commit somewhere, that's not a non-binding contract. I get it. But if you verbally commit publicly somewhere, okay, you can't enter the transfer portal for 24 months if you decommit. So if I verbally commit to Texas and then I sign somewhere else on National Signing Day, I'm stuck there for two years no matter what. Now, if I don't verbally commit and National Signing Day, I make my choice. And then I change my mind. Okay, then you can go somewhere else. But if you verbally commit, that's it. You change your mind and sign somewhere else. Can't go anywhere for two years. There's ways around this. But here's the problem. Schools don't want that. Why do schools don't want that? Because we want to get your star. We are so special. No one will ever leave us, but we want your star. We're going to get that next big egg. You know what? College coaches and ADs and school presidents, you know what they are in this case? The person pulling the slot machine. The next quarter's it. The next, I know you don't feed quarters anymore. Next quarter's it. Oh, what next quarter's it? One to wrap with this. A little West Coast waltz. College basketball. I went through and looked at this. I think this is great. In terms of shifting balance to make things interesting. Now, there's other teams that need to elevate to make it even more interesting. But six of the top ten teams in college basketball are west of the Mississippi. They are. There's only one non-Power 5 that will soon be a power five with Houston, who's ranked number one. But what do we have here? We have UCLA, we have Gonzaga, we have Arizona. So, you know, I start to look at this and, you know, Kansas, to me, it, the East Coast this year in college basketball is kind of, eh. You know, North Carolina's ranked, but mm, Duke's not. Or, excuse me, Duke's ranked, North Carolina's not. The, the one that's kind of, oh my gosh, what happened? It may take a while. Villanova. Villanova's 8-10 and 10 this year. Looks like somebody actually kind of mattered out there as the head coach, huh? I know. But I look at this. You know, you've got Blue Bloods. You've got UConn. UConn's the only, what I would consider the only East Coast team that would be a top three seed right now. They are. UConn's the only top, you know, East Coast team that'd be a top three seed. you got Bama. You've got Tennessee, Purdue, which, you know, they're not East Coast teams. South, Midwest. And again, I we've got a long way to go, but we are at the halfway point of the college basketball season. We are. Started the first week of November. Here we are the second week of January. It's been College basketball has been going on for two months. Two months from now, we're going to be filling out brackets. Two months from now, you're going to be filling out brackets. We're halfway through. And, you know, I, I wrote these down. You know, Kentucky, Duke, 
North Carolina are all tournament teams, but they're all in that four to six realm, which set up for fascinating, you know, matchups in the Sweet 16 where you could have like Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and UCLA. You could have those matchups, which are blue blood heaven. If you know you get all the way down there, but you've got like that, I don't say that middle class, but that group that's, you know, 15 to 25 of those teams in college basketball that, that are going to be in that second tier outside of those top two seeds. It, to me, Zona, Arizona, UCLA, Gonzaga, all being good. I, I, of course, it's good for college basketball. Of course it is. You know, the days when it was like UCLA and Florida and LSU and yeah, it's good. Ohio State, Michigan State. Yeah, you can balance things out. Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. Right. In an ideal world, I've always said the perfect Final Four is what? UCLA, what? UCLA, Kansas, and I mean, pick. What would it be then? North Carolina or Duke and UConn? I mean, you, you start to do things like that. If you had like a UCLA, Kansas, Duke, UConn, Final Four. And what's amazing is UCLA, Kansas, UCLA, Kansas, UConn, all could end up in the Final Four. So it's a little West Coast waltz this year. Some of the power shifted out West. The East trying to find footing. And look, the West was going through this a couple years ago where Arizona was ugly with Sean Miller, UCLA, when Steve Steve Alford was done and they were trying to figure out what to do there at UCLA. It was a mess. Gonzaga's been a stable body. Kansas, this ugliness going on with Bill Self. Now, I consider Kansas West, but west of the Mississippi. And all of a sudden, those programs have stabilized themselves. And your programs out east, UConn circled back after some ugly years. But there's programs out there that, you know, Michigan State's been solid, but not the elite that they were. And, you know, Duke and North Carolina, Duke, John Shire, first year, North Carolina, Hubert Davis is second. These programs try to find footing. Villanova with Jay Wright gone below 500. John Calipari and Kentucky just kind of sitting around there. I, I left Kentucky out of that perfect Final Four. I don't know if there is such a thing as a perfect Final Four, but you know what I mean. It's a little West Coast waltz when it comes to college basketball. And, you know, these things move in ebb and flows. But three of the top five teams in the country right now are what? Kansas? I don't say three of the top five, but Kansas, UCLA, UConn, you get those three in the Final Four, no matter who the fourth team is. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Well, it does. I mean, you'd want somebody in there, but do those three make it? Hallelujah. Harpod Sports, the bar. Podcast, audio, <laughs> media, radio network. Uh, again, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram, Harpon Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports, the Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel, NFL predictions. You're like, something what happened? all said and done i think the Bengals and the chiefs play i I picked the bills to go to the super bowl but now i think the Bengals. i I think the Bengals play the chiefs i think the chiefs beat the Bengals. i do i think the chiefs beat the Bengals. i have a tough time seeing anybody beating the 49ers i do i have a tough time in in the nfc if they end up in philly i but i do i think i think the niners beat philly and i I think the chiefs beat i think the chiefs are gonna win the super bowl i do and I think the Bills having to play the Bengals, whoever wins that, having to get back up and have to go out to Kansas City. Now, Buffalo, if Buffalo can get Kansas City neutral site, they'll beat them. But I think the Bengals will win, Buffalo. Chiefs over the Niners, rematch Super Bowl three years ago. Again, you know where to find me, Hard Fun Sports, the bar. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, I'm with your friends.